Hi, and welcome to the third episode of Sick Life. Uh, my name is Katie Tastrom, and Sick Life is a podcast about chronic illness. So this is the third episode. Um, I'm recording them all right now, kind of close together. With chronic illnesses, I feel like you just got to get while the getting's good and <laughs> just do what you can when you can, because you never know when uh, even even just laying in bed talking like this will be too much. Um, so I'm trying to keep it on days when I have less brain fog, but as you all get to see, um, <laughs> there's always some. Um, but anyway, yeah, so one of the things that, so the podcast, I'm trying to fix it up, make it nice. Like Dorinda says, um, that's from Real Housewives. I talk about Real Housewives a lot. Um, but anyway, so I need a song or something, I think, like some kind of cute intro song. Uh, so I can be like Frasier. <laughs> I keep whenever I'm going to try to keep the Frasier jokes to a minimum, but I always feel like sitting in this room with a microphone by myself. Um, I feel like Frasier, except for I don't have bras. Um, anyway, so today I just got home from work and that's appropriate because I want to talk about work today and working. Um, whew. So also this is, this is a huge topic and I'm going to once again, mostly talk about my own experience here with working. Um, so anyway, um, as I'm making this podcast, I'm also, um, working on the second issue of my comic zine, Chronic Illness Girl, um, which if you're listening to this, contact me and I can uh, tell you how to get a copy or see a copy. But um, the first issue was just kind of like origin story, just kind of about the things that I talked about last time and some other stuff too. But the next one's going to be about working and working with specifically working while you have chronic illnesses because uh, it's it's – it has a lot of feelings. I, I have a lot of feelings about it. Um, I have some thoughts too. More feelings though. Um, but so, well, I've been thinking about working a lot and work as specifically as it relates to chronic illness. So I, um, mentioned before, I am a lawyer. I went to law school. Um, after I got sick, I wanted a job where I was able to um, make a decent amount of money per hour. So maybe I could work less. Um, I know that doesn't make sense, but, and it was the idea, law school seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, and you know, it, it kept me from having to work for, um, a few years and I was moving back home and there is a law school, you know, not too far. And so, so that's what I did. Um, I'll talk about school another time and go into, go into that. But so I graduated law school. I was eight months pregnant, um, which was exciting. I mean, it was, I was pregnant on purpose, but part of it too was also a cop out because I wanted to, um, not have a, a, have an excuse for not working because at that time, you know, my first year of law school, I got really sick and, um, and I, and I still don't know whether I'm really able to to work at a full-time level. I currently work about four days a week, so somewhere around 30 hours a week um, in a job writing appeals for disability claims and social security claims. My job is, it's in a disability organization, the Burton Blatt Institute at Syracuse University. And so they're really good about me needing to call in pretty frequently 
And, you know, the work itself, I sit at a computer and just write all day so I can get up and stretch when I need to. And, you know, I listen to my podcast while I do that. And not my, I don't listen to my own podcast. That would be weird. I listen to podcasts of other people's. Um, (laughs) Almost lost the microphone there. Um, So there might've been that, that noise, but I, but that was one thing. Okay. Hold on. Okay. I do think that the fuzzy noises have gotten better, but we'll see. We'll see what that just did. But anyway, so, you know, I'm really lucky. Um, and part of the reason that I'm able to have this job is a lot of just privilege. You know, law school, I was able to not have to work while I was in law school. Um, I do have over $200,000 worth of debt. Um, and I'll talk more about that when I talk about school in the school episode, but so it's not like I could just pay for it. Oh yeah. You know, I have a lot of debt, but, um, it wasn't really that bad in terms of my abilities to do it. Um, I had to fight really hard for some accommodations where I was able to have class tape for me and watch it, um, from home. But, but you know, the kind of, I knew that for me, law school, it works with how my brain works. People are different and people have different things. Some people probably, you know, think schools, I would, I would rather be in school all the time than ever work. Other people are the exact opposite, which, you know, I get that too. Um, so, so basically it took, um, you know, so I got my law degree, my JD, I did well in school. I also have my, um, MSW from before I was a social worker before I went to law school and for me to finally find a job where they would hire me and that was physically accessible to me, um, meaning the job I have now, I am making $15 an hour. And that feels <laughs> shitty. Um, if I wasn't sick, I think I could, I still wouldn't be able to access any high paying jobs at all. Um, but if I was, if I was less sick, um, I could probably make a little bit more than that you know, with a, a different lawyer job, like a legal aid job that's more like a 40-hour week, 9 to 5 thing. But um, even that's too much for me now. And I'm always thinking about, every day I feel like I'm worrying about, okay, well, am I well enough to work? Because even though I've been in this job for three or four months and I've been doing it, um, I feel like at any time I might not be able to work at all. And then how we handle that financially. And I don't even have enough, uh, quarters of disability coverage to, to get disability. So if I had to stop working or was unable to work, I would have no income. Um, and I'm lucky to be, I'm partnered with someone who has his disabilities or mental health disabilities and, but they don't interfere too much with his ability to work. Uh, so I have a lot of privileges there, but even with all those privileges, I'm still, you know, not making much money. I'm still in a ton of debt. I still don't know if this will be sustainable. Um, you know, all this education, it might end up being that I'm, I'm not able to work. I go back and forth about what I think the future might hold, whether this job will continue to be relatively accessible for me or not. So I don't have an answer. I guess maybe I was supposed to like have a journey and an answer when I'm writing essays for stuff. You know, you're supposed to have a journey and end up with an answer, but I don't think that's, at least that's not my life right now. 
And I get really caught up on a planner. I like to know like what the next five steps ahead of me will be. You know, going to do X, then Y, then Z. But I can't, chronic illness has made it impossible for me to plan because I really am right on the verge, you know, for right on the verge of, of whether I, I think I can work outside of the house. Um, so I've been in this job for a few months. In between law school and this job, I spent most of that time um, freelance writing to try to earn some money um, while the baby was home, and he's in daycare now, but um, I did not like being a stay-at-home parent. <laughs> um, I, it's hard for me to, I need adult interaction consistently to be happy. Other people are different, and that's great. I I wish I was like that, but, you know, I mean, if I'm unable to, to if I'm too sick to work or leave the house, then I'm too sick to work or leave the house. There's nothing I can do about it, but as long as I can, I want to try to go out and interact with people when I can. So work just is always, it's always a struggle, I think, for people with chronic illnesses because also a lot of people don't understand that you might, for the first few months, you might do really well, and then all of a sudden you might need a whole month where you're in bed. I've built in, and I think, you know, as coping mechanisms and how we survive, a lot of us with chronic illness build in different things into our, I don't want to say accommodations, um, but, but build in tools to the way we work to make it work out. So for example, I'll, um, a lot of times with, when I had jobs with more different appointments out of calendars at home too, with different numbers in case I had to cancel all my appointments for the next day or the next few days, I will, uh, access, you know, telecommute when I can, um, work from home using the computer when I can, um, I'm very much, I put a lot of energy and time and money into supporting my physical body when I'm at work. So what that means is I make sure to have food so that I can eat when I'm hungry and that it's relatively good food in terms of food that my body handles well and gives me energy. Uh, I drink a lot of water. I bring a ton of that, a ton of fizzy water. It's always, I swear, there's always going to be some fizzy water mention. So I bring that to work. I, you know, have pillows and blankets and different things. I'll take off my shoes sometimes, just whatever I can to minimize every kind of physical body need that I have. So that way, hopefully, the noise will be calm enough for me to be able to focus on working. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't think this is the case, but I could maybe get fired tomorrow for not being able to come in enough. And, you know, for people without, this is so, basically, this is with two graduate degrees and a lot of different experience, um, especially with writing. I was, you know, just making my career as a writer, you know, freelance writer. Career is kind of a strong word for it. <laughs> I was getting occasional checks in the mail um, for writing some things for people. And I, so I have a ton of experience and degrees and references and everything I need for jobs. And this is the best that I can do for myself. Um, I am in Syracuse, which the job market is smaller, but in order to, to find a job that works with my disabilities, you know, I'm making, honestly, I think about half of what I could make if I, if I was focused on finding a, a full-time job with a decent pay that, that I'm not focused on because I, 
wouldn't be able, I wouldn't last very long because I need to be able to call in sick when I need to. And I need to be able to, you know, have all these physical things. And so with working, another, another aspect of working is to disclose or not to disclose, um, for those of us whose disabilities are not visible to other people most of the time, you know, we do actually, we have a choice of whether or not we disclose to our employers. Um, since law school, I pretty much was on team don't disclose until I get an offer, a job offer. And that way, if they then decide not to hire me, um, I could take legal action if I needed to. That's a super lawyery response. <laughs> but um, in general, I think that if bosses, even, even relatively well-intentioned good bosses, if they have a choice between someone who's sick and someone who's not sick, they're going to go with the person who's not sick. I don't think that's right, but I don't, I don't blame them. Um, I know that I can do a job better than most well people could do it in my, you know, in any given job, but there's all this bullshit requirements that come along with working. So you're not just, it's not just being able to do the job. It's being able to do all the bullshit that comes with the job, like networking events and I don't know, shaking hands and meeting people and all that kind of stuff that I am stressed out by and have no patience for. So anyway, with disclosure, you know, you obviously you don't have to disclose anything you don't want to, but in order to get accommodations for your disabilities, you need to disclose. And I did make the mistake. There is an organization in town that I had um, a good working relationship with from a different job, and they were hiring in a job that was very well suited for me in terms of my background and my experience. It was a perfect fit, basically. And I had a very long interview. And at the end of the interview, you know, I, I did tell them about my chronic illnesses. And I was like, look, I didn't, you know, I don't think I wouldn't be here interviewing for this job right now if I didn't think I could do it. But um, guess what? I didn't get a call back. <laughs> so that wasn't the best. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, when I look back, I don't think I physically could have handled that job anyway, because as a lawyer, you know, this one, there's a lot of court, there's a lot of being in a specific place at a specific time, which is especially hard for me. So, yeah, so basically, I went to law school and got a shit ton of debt. And now I'm not able to work at a at a level that I'm able to really pay back even I think the debt's probably growing day by day. I have to pay a little bit, like $160 a month, uh, because the income-based repayment, you know, because I have four kids and we don't have that much money. Um, I'm glad that there's that option. But, yeah, if I could, you know, and law school's been helpful, too, in a lot of ways in terms of just being, me being able to help people in my community just with random information or helping them navigate systems. I don't necessarily regret going to law school, but I don't, it's still yet to be seen whether that was something 
beneficial for my career path, whether what I had to do, all the debt that I incurred was worth it for my career. Because like I said, any second now, I mean, this could be, you know, any second now, I will maybe not be able to work for a good period of time for the rest of my life. I don't know. And it's hard to think about. I'm someone, I'm type A personality. Is that still something that people use? My Myers, I'm an ENTJ, I think, Myers-Briggs. I'm an Aries. I like, uh, I don't like long walks on the beach. Um, but I did always picture myself having a quote-unquote career finding something, probably nonprofits, but, you know, kind of moving up the ladder and, I don't know, having a fulfilling, a fulfilling career where I was helping in some way um, and making enough money to not have to always be worrying about money. But once I got sick, I had to really reassess and change those goals too, because work now can never be, work in the employment sense can never really be something that I focus on for for fulfillment in my life because I'm so limited with my illnesses that they, yeah of course maybe I could come into you know a job that's even more suited for me and that I really love I like my job fine as far as jobs go but um and who knows? So I don't want to discount that, but I, it's extremely unlikely. And the sicker I get and the older I get, the less likely I think that me having some kind of epic career will be. And that's been hard to deal with, especially to being raised and being told all the time, oh, you're so smart, you know, just having a lot of potential, quote unquote potential, which all of a sudden, a lot of it I can't really use because physically my body can't can't bring me to the places and do the things I need to do to use that potential. And I don't want to. I don't mean to be having a pity party because I have it much better. I'm grateful and very privileged to to have it the way I am. There's a lot of people that I know that have chronic illnesses that can't work at all that um, are lucky if they get Social Security, which is a very small amount of money. So I feel fortunate. But my life is very different than, than I thought it would be in that realm. And it's not all bad. You know, I think I would, if I wasn't sick, I would probably be someone that was working all the time. And or working way too much and not spending enough time with my family and not spending enough time at home and not spending enough time on the things I want to do. But since I am sick, I've, I'm forced to hang out with my family because I can't move to go anywhere. No, um, kind of that, but that's um, making light of it. But I mean, that's kind of the, the truth and I'm glad for it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I, if I knew what was good for me, I wouldn't have it any other way. I know that my life is better with family and home being more of a focus than work, even if I wasn't sick. So I am grateful for that. 
but I still wish I wasn't sick. I mean, of course, because being sick sucks and being in pain and fatigue sucks. And there's so many things I want to do. There's so many, you know, especially with this new administration, it's just hard. There are so many things to do. And it's hard for me to be kind to myself about being realistic about how much I can do. I'm always overdoing it. I'm always like, why am I even doing this right now? I got home from working eight hours. Um, why am I trying to make this podcast? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm just going to keep trying and seeing what sticks and what doesn't and what's what works and what doesn't. So that's my story. That's my story about working. But I do want to talk more about work. And I do plan to talk more specifically, too, if people... I haven't really put this podcast in the world yet, so I don't know what people will want... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> will want more of and what... Interesting or not, hopefully something is or something resonates. But I do want to introduce a new segment that called um, What Are You Doing in Bed? Where I talk about what I do in bed. Um, meaning, um, you know, any kind of entertainment stuff, I spend a lot of time in bed. A lot of sick people I know do as well. So I'm always looking for TV shows to watch, books to read, podcasts to listen to, things like that, movies. So, um, right now what I have been doing in bed is I have been really into the, right now it's the Real Housewives reunions of the Atlanta reunion and the Beverly Hills reunion, and they've been really good so far this year. Sometimes the reunions just go on and on, much like me, but this year they've really they're really hitting it out of the park, these uh, these Bravo gals. So, so that's what I've been doing in bed lately. All right, well, hopefully this will get better, <clears throat> and my voice will work, and there'll be guests soon. I'm lining some stuff up. It's just a matter of figuring out how to make it work with my pathetic equipment. And... Thank you for listening to the third episode of Sick Life. And you can get a hold of me at katie.tastrum, K-A-T-I-E dot T as in Tom, A-S-T-R-O-M at gmail.com. Um, hopefully between now and the next one, I will make an email address for it. I don't know. Anyway, thanks. Bye.